Welcome to Up the Blues, the Waterford FC podcast. I'm Adam Lundy, joined as always by my co-hosts Martin Cullerton and Evan Cullerton. That's how are we? How's it going? Good, Adam. Thanks for you. I'm good. I can't. You said this now. week. You did. You asked me this week. Thank you. Thanks, Martin. I'm good. I'm good, pal. Perhaps. I can't complain. Can't complain. It's uh, coming up to a long weekend, so have that to look forward to going away from me stag. So. Going nice. to be a bit of a mad one. Lovely. Very nice. A few, few Diet Pepsis. A few Diet Pepsis. I might, I might even have an L Lucas Aid. You never know. We'll see what happens. Mad we'll man. See, see how crazy man. things might get. Somebody contain it. We'll kill anyone too. <laughs> be on the lookout. Um, right, so obviously, look, we have a couple of matches to cover today, so we might as well jump right into things. Um. The first match we're going to be talking about is the home game against Athlone. Um, that was on the twenty first. Um, bit of a bit of a kind of a weird one. I, the, the the term a game of two halves is thrown around a bit, but doing a way to kind of describe this match. Uh, finishing off four three, but obviously we scored all of our goals in the first half. They scored all of theirs in the second. Uh, overall, lads, what 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 were your thoughts on on the performance and on this game? Squeaky bum time. What was what I thought anyway? I was absolutely breaking it for the last ten minutes in the stands. I think it's the most nervous I've ever been watching a match, a Waterford match, um, in a while. Anyway, it was very kind of touch and go in the second half, and um, which it shouldn't have been. I suppose that's kind of just I always say to the two Waterford doing a Waterford. <laughs> um, you know they're they're liable to do anything really. Uh, which is why you can never be too confident about them sometimes, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, it was a nervy one, especially in the second half. Yeah, like it felt like one of those games that um, it was, we were just waiting for the fourth goal to go in, waiting for them just to like once they started, you know, once uh, Athlone started knocking in, you know, a few of them they got two of their goals within a couple of minutes of each other. They got the yeah. third, and there was still about twenty odd minutes left at that stage. It's just kind of a case of holding your breath, just waiting for the fourth one to go in. Now, luckily, it didn't, but, you know, a little, little bit worrying. Um, we've had a few of these, you know, a few of these kind of games this season that we've been talking about, Um, you know, the especially at home, you know, the, the game against Longford, the game against Kerry, where, you know, we didn't throw it away, but, you know, things could have gone very different on the night. Obviously, we did kind of throw it away against Longford at, at home. So, Mm-hmm. I don't know. We've had a couple of these games at home now that just seem to seem to be we're making more trouble out of it than 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 there needs to be. Um, you know, we we can't say that we didn't take our chances in this game. So obviously, we put four, you know, uh, four up against them in in one half. You know, but uh, obviously, all thanks to Ronan Coughlin, who is uh, better than Erling Haaland, in my opinion. Um, but. Yeah, just it's it's just a weird one then to concede three. Now, you know, the goals are all kind of funny ones, really. Obviously, there's the first one, which is a bit controversial. You know, is you know, is Paul Martin fouled in the build up? Should he just be bashing through those kind of you know, we talked about this and you know, we'll obviously we'll get to the treaty game in a little while, but we were talking about this at the treaty game when we were seeing how we were crowding around the treaty goalkeeper and we were asking why doesn't the keeper just push through? Like, why is he looking for fouls? He's not gonna get one. Because obviously the same thing had happened to Paul against the against the Athlone team. Why don't the keepers just push through? Like because they're not going to get fouls for that kind of stuff in this league. Um, 
And the third goal was just a bit of a bit of a fluky one, really. Well, I say fluky. Was, you don't often see those kind of goals from a free kick at that angle. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Athlone or yeah, the Athlone fella had the had the guile to go for it, and you know it worked out from in, in that scenario. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a weird performance, uh, a bit of a weird result that you know it feels like it feels like a game that shouldn't have been as close as it was, really. Mm. Yeah, um, Waterford have kind of a, a habit of making things difficult for themselves. I think um, either that or they just said, right, we just let the fans get their money's worth. And just put on a show, like I don't know. Um, it was interesting. They came out in the first half, and it was brilliant. It was some of the best football we've seen in a while from them. Um, and again, then I suppose Treaty was quite good too. Um, you know, if not better, but up until that point, it was some of the best football we've seen from them. And you know, all over at loan, at loan, we're looking to buy fouls. That was the closest they were getting to the ball. Um, you know, I, I actually did get a good buzz that I thought. I, but in the first half there, Keith Long just started absolutely abusing the fourth official over something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, and Rennie actually had to grab Winnie Arm and pull him back over to the into the dugout and apologize to the fourth official. So I got a good buzz off that for whatever that was. But there was a you know, at loan were trying their hardest to try and get some sort of chance into the match in, in the first half. Um and they weren't getting into it at all. And then it was like something just switched in, in at half time. The lads came out awfully complacent, which they tend to do when they get a lead. Um, I suppose thankfully it was a 4 nil lead we got this time and not like the one nil lead we had against Frankfurt where it ended up going back to bias but um, it was an interesting one it was it was, you know, it was really kind of a bizarre game to watch when you look at how a team can play in 45 minutes and then how drastically they can change for the next 45 yeah this this kind of complaints and see this this mindset issue is something that we've touched on a few times now this season where like you wonder if there is kind of a frailty in the mindset where you know like we said they think they have games won they kind of just go a bit lackadaisical and that's when we start conceding chances and like I said luckily in this scenario you know we had we had had four goals going in rather than one or two because you know could have been a different scenario now not to take anything you know away from Ronan obviously you know any any time a player scores four goals it's it's great Mm -hmm. um I think you know we, we kind of got lucky in the fact that their one of their centre halves, Van Geenen, was just having an absolute nightmare of a game. Uh, you know, he got the he basically got the assist for Ronan's second goal, passes straight to him. Yeah. Um, wasn't tracking uh, on another goal and didn't clear a ball on a, on another one where I think it was uh, Griff was bearing him down from behind. He couldn't clear it, and then it just kind of fell to Ronan, and he popped it in. So. Um, we were kind of lucky that that centre half decided to have a mare, um, because I don't know if the chances were going to fall so sweetly otherwise. And you know, we, we kind of we got that bit of luck to get the four goals. Because and if we didn't, then you know the second half could have gone very very different. Yeah, it was it was definitely kind of a cushion there that we needed, I suppose. Um, you know, and he's been phenomenal. You know, we could speak about it again, I suppose, a little bit about my treaty. Like his performance just in the last two games has been unbelievable. I haven't seen anything like it in the league. You know, even looking at the likes of Phoenix and uh, and Junior last year and how, how well they performed, you know. Roland has come in and, and quite quickly, to be fair, only ten matches in, he didn't play the first match. Um, you know, turn it around uh in terms of putting on a show and really going out there and having a fantastic performance, which is great to see. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, you don't want that kind of work to be, you know, because he is putting in great work. You don't want that to then be kind of redundant by, you know, maybe silly mistakes being made by the team. Um, you know, complacency setting in. You know, it's all well and good. You win games by by uh, by scoring goals, but you know, you also win games by not letting goals in, which is probably the most Michael Owen statement I've ever come out with. But <laughs> it's it's you know, it's fairly obvious, like you know what I mean. So it's just as just as important as it is to for you know Ronan or whoever it is to score goals and and, and you know slot a few past the keeper. It's just as important that we don't actually uh, you know leave the opposition there. That I think keep a clean sheet is really going to be maybe the the, the difference between. If we ever have a chance of getting that automatic promotion this season and catching up the Galway, yeah, it's it's just one of the fundamentals of football, really. Liquid and attack, solid at the back, you know. That was that was thrown around a lot in, in Limerick, there. That's the <laughs> <end>. <laughs> Liquid football, solid defense. Liquid fo- liquid attack, solid in the back. That's how mm-hmm. it has to be, you know. If if you're if you can play like that, then get that on pillow. You know, that's just fundamentals. And like, it's just, just has to flow. It's basics. It's basics. Yeah. And in fairness, look, when the team wants to do it, they can do it. You know, we saw it against Cove to an extent. Cove had a couple of chances in, but, you know, they were, it was a fairly solid, comprehensive performance there in Cove. Um, you know, and it was almost the polar opposite in that second half then against that loan, um, which was a little bit worrying to see. But, look, they're coming in off the back of a, you know, kind of a fairly... Not challenging game, but maybe a harder than expected game with Kerry and kind of going into a, a long run of games then as well, I suppose, with five and two weeks. So maybe they're trying to think, look, we have four in the bag, yeah, we can kind of rest a little bit. And it didn't work out for him. Um, in fairness, you would think a game is put to bed when it's four nil, but there was a spill, you know, there was still like an element of complacency, which could have came back to bite him a lot worse than it did. Yeah, and, and to be fair, like there was a f- like in the second half, there was some changes made. Um, you know, Ronan was taken off very early, only a couple of minutes into the second half, uh, replaced with Chris Con Clark. Um, and then she had a, she actually had a, a lovely chip there and saved Chris Con Clark. Um, he was booked for it because he was offside when he when he done it, but it was beautiful to finish on it. So <laughs> I would like to see more of that going forward, oh, um, preferably when the ball is actually in play. But um, it, it just goes to show what he's capable of doing. For everyone that says I hate Chris Conclark, not at all. He's well able to chip the keeper. Um, <laughs> I remember you did say something after that, but we won't get into that. What did I say after that? It's a very stupid thing to do. What? Oh, well, it was Doing a stupid that, thing. Well, look, if you when he got booked, it's a stupid book in the take. It is. It's a stupid book in the take, especially after he's already getting, gotten two yellows and been sent off. You know what I mean? We don't want to be building up yellows. But at the same time, it, the finish was lovely. He showed a lot of work right there today. They're, they're on the Friday game against that loan. I thought he, uh, there was yeah. a one stage, they broke from our corner. They scored a very similar goal against Galway up in their place. They broke They broke in the left side and they, they did a pace he let it wide. And Conclark ran from his up from the opposite corner to the far corner and was the first defender back there and won the ball back. It's like mm-hmm. I like to see that Chris, good man yourself. Yeah, well, I think that's what we expected from not expected, but that's what we would have wanted to see for the last, you know, ten weeks or however long he's you know he's been here playing. Obviously he had the Q match where he wasn't. But it's good to see that coming in. But um you no, know, it's 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 
kind of nice to see him gelling with the squad that bit more. And I think maybe, and I kind of I said it, alluded to it when he got sent off that time, it could have been the best thing to happen to him because it just let him give him a chance to settle down and kind of work his way into the team instead of just being thrown in the deep end. And when he is working his way into the team, we saw it in that, uh, you know, the Munster Senior Cup match against Cork and then again against that loan. You know, he can play very well um, and he can provide, you know, vital ball and support the lads to back when he needs it. And I guess we'll probably see a bit more of him over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, you know, with the the two sort of quick games and then the Galway yeah. game, I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, start. Um, you know, against either uh, against Bray on Friday or or, or Wexford uh, on Monday. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start either of those games. You know, just purely because obviously we we spoke with this already last week that there's going to have to be a lot of rotation uh, mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. Uh, because we don't have the the largest squad uh, in terms of like experienced players, we have a lot of young lads on the bench, um, which you know it's good to see. Obviously, young young lads come through. Um, definitely not sort of complaining about it, but you know when you know you have the likes of Romeo, Harvey Warren, Rona Mansfield, they're all on the bench against Treaty. Um, you know again, it's nice to have them on the bench, but we can't. They're not ready to start in the league, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they're only there really filling out a bench. I would prefer to have that bench, you know, when we're going for a title charge, trying, you know, chase down Galway, we'd prefer to have maybe a few more experienced heads either coming into the starting 11 and the lads who are starting the last few weeks maybe drop out or, you know, fill in that, you know, with lads who can sort of rotate in and out. Because, um, you know, obviously it's a lot of pressure to put on young lads to come in and have to try and grind out results when we're, you know, trying to get promoted be a lot of pressure to put on some of the young lads coming through great to have them on the bench but you wouldn't want to have to be relying on them because it's just not really fair on them yeah absolutely and I think someone that we saw as well break in not break in the team might be the wrong word um, but you know coming to the team as a starter in the last or, couple of games has been a quote Micah Richards burst on I was just I was just going to say burst off to the team like Micah um, but someone that has kind of you know, started the last couple of matches anyway, uh, you know, in Conor Parkes, who has been, you know, has played very well, I should say, um, against that loan and against um, Treaty as well, which we just saw. You know, he's, he can be dangerous. He's he's a fast player. And sometimes he's a bit faster than the ball. He gets the ball caught up in his feet. But, you know, he provides that little bit of creativity, I think, um, which is vital, you know, as important as it is to, be solid and just get the fundamentals right. You know, once you have that, which we're kind of basically have now or nearly have at this stage anyway, uh, under Keat Long, it's important to have that little bit of creativity as well of, of being able to work the ball up the pitch and, and, and get it into the box. So uh, I was happy to see him actually providing that kind of creative outlet uh, in the last couple of matches. He's the only real person on our team, like perhaps for, well, in terms of who started the last couple of games, um, who is really sort of as close to an out and out winger as we had. I know I've been sort of saying for, for weeks now that I'm mad for, a know, I'm mad for an out and out winger. And he's kind of the closest that we have to that. Um, Cause you know, we've been playing with like more of like a wide playmaker, you know, like uh, Griff and Barry have kind of been going in and out of that position over on the other side of the wing where there's not really a wide man out there. And um, it's just more of like a, like a, a wide playmaker, 
that sort of drips in to try and make the play happen as opposed to the way Connor plays, which is obviously very direct. He runs at the man. Like I said, sometimes the ball ends up a few feet behind him and he's gone running. But the intent is there. That's clearly his style of play to be more direct, to try and get to the byline and, and send the ball through across, you know, for someone like Ronan to be waiting to, to tap it in. So, you know, it's I can I can definitely see why he's playing so much because you know, he's really the only person we have that can play that way. Mm. Um, you know, someone like, you know, Chris Con Clark, he's he's a bit more of a 10. He doesn't really have, you know, Connor's pace. Uh Roland again, I, I kinda like Roland sort of attacking from midfield as opposed to playing as a sort of an out and out wide man. Yeah, Connor's kind of the closest thing we have to that. So it makes sense he's playing so much because we do need different styles of players throughout the team. If everybody's playing the same way it becomes very predictable. Mm. Um, whereas when you have, you know, one side of the field who's going to be trying to attack you very direct and the other side, they're going to play it maybe a bit more, a bit more deep, a bit more like a playmaker, then that can help you try and catch teams out. So um, yeah, like I've been, you know, I've, I've been, I'm not going to say I've been uh, given out about Connor or anything like that in his performances, but um I don't think he showed a lot in the first few weeks, but he's over the last couple of weeks now he's shown how important he is to the to the system that Keats playing. Even if he doesn't have all the goals and assists to show for it. Absolutely. Um and again, I think it was obviously he didn't have the the sending off, but I think he made came to Waterford with you know, he, he did say in one of his YouTube videos that he was coming to get more game time than he was getting, you know, over in England. And I'm not saying he came with the wrong mindset, but maybe he came with slightly different expectations and maybe underestimated the league a little bit, um, which might have been, you know, part of the reason for his, I won't say poor, but maybe lacklustre. I suppose that actually might be still worse, but, you know, um, maybe indifferent initial performances. Um, you know, but I think the fact that he has kind of worked his way into the team, similar now to Con Clark, really does kind of help him, you know, kind of, I would, I want to say kind of appreciate the league to an extent. You know, it isn't, you know, it's second division Irish football. It's not the most beautiful football in the world. You know, it's a lot of, a, you know, it's a lot of just kind of a graft and, and getting in there when you need to. So I think it just seeing that from the bench for a little while and just allowing themselves to kind of work into the team and, and then maybe say earn a spot on the pitch in the starting 11 is really just going to help them then kind of I suppose, flourish going forward and can prove fairly beneficial. And I think a lot of these players are going to be playing for the long-term future at the club because obviously when new management comes in, there's always that question mark, are you going to be in his plans? And obviously Keith came in in the middle of the season where you know at the moment all we can do is kind of sign free agents, but there's not really going to be a lot of free agents going around you know, at the end of April, start of May. But once the summer, yeah, exactly. Like once the summer window opens and then you have you know players that are getting released from English clubs you know, maybe even some lads who are Irish and they got released from an English club and want to come back home. You know, there's there's opportunities there where where players could and probably should be brought in to help bolster the ranks for the second half of the season. So I'm sure there's a lot of these lads who are thinking that they're they're playing for their long term future. Uh, or, you know, at the club, you know, someone like Connor thinking, right, I'm the only real out and out winger here. I need to make sure that I'm as valuable as someone like you know Phoenix was. Where I'm, you know, I I need to be, you know, part of the, part of a focal point of this team because if not, there's a possibility that somebody else is going to be brought in the summer to to try and replace me. Uh, just point out, Adam, I am a free agent at the moment, so you know, 
Keith, <laughs> Keith, we know you listen. Um, so Keith, uh, hang on. Let, let me let me just say, hang on, Keith. If you're looking for a player mm. that will very nicely warm the bench, mm-hmm. he will he will he will have a you know uh, really increase the squad morale. With a few I'll run in and get bench. the teas and everything. He he will he will provide the beverages for the team. His favorite movie is actually Waterboy. Yeah. Um, and will also tell you he has a new injury every second day, not even week. Well, then Evan is your man, Keach. Just, just put that out there. Getting old, lads, you know. Body's breaking down on me. Getting old, he says. That is 21. <laughs> Getting old, lads. <laughs> um, just, I, I just want to, one more thing to touch on, I suppose, about the loan game. It's not really much to say on it. But I was, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, just kind of, that was the standard of refereeing. We can harp on for hours about the refereeing in the League of World and how poor it can be. Um, I did say a couple of weeks ago about it, you know, how and it makes sense that the you know the the referee in the middle and the lines may or the lines people or, or whoever it might be and the fourth official, you know, they kind of they're a team as well themselves and they're kind of you know back each other to an extent in terms of calls. Something I did find interesting just in the first half hour or so, or just inside the first half an hour of that match against that loan, there was a, a ball absolutely hopped off of Connor Parsons down in, uh, when we were on the attack. And went out off him. And the Lino was fairly adamant giving a goal kick. And the referee did overrule him to give the corner. Um, which I thought quite interesting. That Lino was a bit hesitant, uh, or very hesitant, I should say, not even a bit, um, on the old stand side of the RSC in that match. And the referee, I, I caught him overruling, I suppose, at that point, overruling the call. But awfully reluctant to give things. And then when he was given things, it was for something that didn't exist or the incorrect decision. So... I just found that quite interesting in that uh, a referee did actually overrule the line uh, at least once in that match anyway, um, which isn't something you see too often in that league. There's ref watch done for the week, lads. <laughs> As I'm hitting Dorby Gallagher's job on Sky Sports. <laughs> he on Sky Sports? Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. He is, yeah. Right, well, look, we'll move on then to the treaty game, which <clears throat> if this is kind of in terms of like how we would react to, you know, going up by a few goals and then getting pegged back. This is kind of like the polar opposite of the Athlone game in terms of how we reacted to, you know, treaty. So um, obviously we were away, Markets Field, um, lovely evening. The sun blinded us for the, at least the first 45 minutes. Up the Blues um, away day. Up the Blues away day, yep, that was it. Uh, we got absolutely blinded by the sun, which if any of the listeners were at the game, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but first off, big shout out to Jack's food truck. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable chicken oh, goujons. Uh, That's great. funny, he's got for the week now anyway. Though. Adam, I hate the break it, but the, the resident complainer of the podcast did not enjoy his food every day. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there and say I got the exact same thing and it was lovely. So yeah, figure out what you will. Yours and Jack's food truck. Thank you. Jack's fantastic. <laughs> Goujons are on point. Thank you very much. Uh, much better than chicken hut. Uh, I, I must say. You didn't yeah. even get chicken hut. I could smell it though when you were having so. it in the car, so I didn't. Well, I didn't Jack's food truck was not good enough for you, so. Yeah. I never said no, 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 no. I never once said it wasn't nice. I just, I actually said, I didn't. I said, as far as food trucks, no, 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 no. I said, as far as food trucks go, it was actually quite nice. But 
it could have been nicer. Now, I don't know what I was expecting from a food truck. You know, it was it's it's, it's what you'd expect. Um, the burger was quite nice, to be honest. The chips were a little bit overdone. That's all I would say. There was a lot of kind of overdone bits in the bottom of it, which wasn't. But like, it's it wasn't bad. Like the only thing I didn't like is the coke. It was imported coke. That was an issue for me. That's really what what ruined it for me. Is it was a smaller can of imported coke, and that just wrecked me here because it just doesn't taste as nice. Adam, you agree with me as well. So no, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to put my name to any of this kind of. I want to back. Go away, Elvis. Go away. I don't, want, I don't want to put my name to saying that you Hell don't arts. like imp, imported coke. That's that's a bit Hell dicey. Arts. Let's move on before things imported get coke. Sorry, Coca-Cola. Imported coke. Cola. I'm on the can. Let's move on, please. Let's move on. So obviously, this this game I think was a much 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 better performance. One of the best this season, really. Um. Completely dominated the first half. Um, the first goal, um, was the penalty, and uh, Ronan slot away. wasn't the best penalty in the world. We were right behind the goal. wasn't the greatest penalty in the world. He tried a little bit of a uh, mind games with the keeper. Keeper had a sun sun in his eyes. We look. I'll say this again. Me and Evan told him to wear a cap, and he didn't listen to us until about fifteen minutes into the game. So it's not our fault. Um, yeah, he probably searched the whole of Limerick to try to find the chap. Was running around the whole pitch to try and find a cap for this fella, and he eventually <laughs> put it on, and then he conceded three more goals, so it didn't really matter. The ball um, boy and the ball man behind the ball man, the, away yeah. end, the ball man, the ball man, the ball boy and the ball man behind the away end goal. In fairness, him, the work rate was phenomenal, it was better than some of the three players. <laughs> like the goal from standing right behind the goal to then legging it across to the corner flag to give the ball to Shane Griffin who was three steps away from it phenomenal stuff you yeah, know what I mean that's thing. something that's what are you doing just he can walk an extra three steps that's another thing there should be some kind of fundraiser for Treaty United to buy more balls oh shocking um, because the amount of time having to wait to go fetch a ball after it went out for a gold kick or something was uh, quite quite ridiculous but I heard, uh, I heard Rowling got an invoice for the match ball actually on the way home <laughs> uh, well speaking back to Ronan so obviously he got the second then and we went into half 2-0 up but like it looked we, we were saying that you know we, we should have really scored 3 or 4 you know we just completely dominated the possession the whole match was basically well the whole half was basically spent in Treaty's half we were just creating lots of really nice really nice plays really uh, liquid football as we'd say uh, on this podcast uh, it was really phenomenal first first half of football, and then the thing that we were all afraid of happened a couple of minutes into the second half. Uh, at long, our treaty pegged it back. It was before. Oh. It was in the first half, Adam. No, it was the second no, half. The second half. I'm looking at it here. It 49. Was. You know what? Don't listen to me. Let's go on. I won't listen to you, Adam. <laughs> Thank you, though. Um. Yeah. So they pegged they pegged one back early in the first half. You know, and we were thinking, ah, shit, is this going to be another one of these ones where we we throw it away? Um. Because they. To be fair to Treaty, they came out looking better in the second half. They they got control of the ball a bit more. They were looking to attack. They kind of, you know, Insignia was dangerous. Insignia, yeah, exactly. What is his actual name? I don't actually. Know I don't. I'm gonna, find, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna find that out though. Uh, yeah, Insignia for there's for a for for those uninitiated. There's a a player for Treaty who's uh, a bit on the shorter side, and uh, I called him uh, Insignia. Fast though. Uh, very, very, very fast, very tricky. Uh, good could ball be dangerous. If that low center of gravity. Better, could be dangerous. Yeah, you know, we had that low center of gravity. So, um, 
Does yeah. anyone know actually? Did we find out why Ender Curran was on the bin for that match? No, we, I remember you mentioned that. Kind of in and out the whole time. I don't know. If Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's not the same form as he was last season. Yeah, I don't really know. He he wasn't really he didn't start the 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 playoff game um in the RFC that day. And he hasn't he, he hasn't really featured that much. He's their top scorer, but he hasn't really played as much as he probably liked to. So I don't know what's going on there there. Seems like a bit of what, a what number, what not number was this in there again? That's just just shaking here. I don't I don't remember, I'm not gonna lie to you, kid. Number eighteen, maybe? I think it was sixteen. Sixteen? Oh, I feel like been. it was. I feel like it wasn't it wasn't but it came off anyway. Yes. Must have been number sixteen, he came off. So William Armshaw. William Armshaw. Look, oh uh, wait, hang on now. Is it no, it's not number nine anyway. That was success. We're gonna find it as we move on, just two seconds, listen. That's, I'm just wondering I if our listeners actually give a shit, to be honest. I don't think they do, but look. Ah, uh, it, it is. It must be William Armstrong because I don't think he's arrested. Yeah. Well, if he's not now, William Armstrong has been christened in Sinia. So. There we go. That's that's it. He's like in Sinia. Um, but he was part of the move that got uh, a goal back uh, for three. He was a bit of a, bit of a sloppy goal. Uh, you know, one of those ones where, you know, we could have cleared our lines a bit better. Um, but ended up in the back of the net and you know we were kind of wondering is this going to be like the Athlone game now where they you know we, we kind of throw it away a little bit um, but luckily we didn't have to worry at all because um, uh, Ryan Burke who got his first goal of the season big shout oh, out to Ryan oh, uh, friend, friend of the podcast uh, very sound fella um, he's been one of my favourite players to watch this year I think he's I just, think he's, a really, just think he's a really good footballer uh, really happy that we we picked him up. Uh, the only so the it. only thing I am disappointed in with Ryan Burke was that it wasn't a header. Wasn't a header because the man gets his head on anything. He's brilliant. Quite um, disappointing. So it is disappointing that it wasn't a header, but it was a lovely left foot slot, um, which I'm which I'm impressed by. It was it was a, it was a nice finish. Yeah, uh, nice nice finish, nice build up as well to kind of lay it off for him. Um, Ronan was involved. He didn't get the assist, but he was heavily involved again. A uh, nice bit of trickery to sort of play the ball across the box, and then was knocked on again to to Ryan for a nice finish, and then Ronan capped it off. Then got his seventh goal in two games, which is quite mental. Um, which was a a nice break. Um, sort of got in behind their defense, slotted it away, cool as a cucumber. Um, yeah. So it, uh, this obviously game was for me anyway, a much better all round performance. If we can play like we did. Uh, like that every week sure will be flying um, because Ronan just looks he just looks unstoppable um, we, we said it a few weeks ago that I think it was during the Bray game um, that he looked he looks a level above the league he's playing against like he looks a level above what the defenders in this league are used to playing against and he didn't at the start you know obviously he had the two goals against Bray um, but he wasn't as prolific at the start of the season, but these last two games just kind of proven that if you give him half a chance in the box, he's going to put it in the back of the net. Mm. Um, so we just need to make sure the supply is there from because the lad just loves scoring goals, it seems. He just can't get enough of it. He's dangerous. Uh, there's a Fleetwood fan in the in the Waterford group who was like, oh, uh, he'll be over to us now soon enough. And let's say he didn't get a warm reception after that. He didn't. Uh, I saw. I saw he got a lot of angry reacts to them. Well, he's like, "Oh, we've already after taking two of your players. <laughs> what, what says we're not going to take this one as well?" I was like, "Oh well." <laughs> you know, hostility amongst them. I think the only thing on our side is probably 
the age profile probably is on our side a bit, so maybe we'll just is it? How old is he's twenty like six, but like this like if they're bringing someone over from Ireland, I'm gonna go for the younger bracket. From like nineteen to twenty three, maybe twenty two. So. Yeah, someone they can potentially sell on to to a team, make a bit of money on. Well, lads, I'm just having a look here at the group uh, for anyone that hasn't yet seen it. There's a post in the group. Uh, some performance from the lads, Ronan Cochran, better slow down. Don't want Fleetwood noticing. It would appear Fleetwood has noticed because Andy Piley has liked it. Uh oh. So I don't think we're going to hang on to uh, him much longer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, 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 the up front who's scoring hat tricks like every third game. So yeah, but sir, I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to worry. I think he'll. We'll have him for the season anyway. Who knows what happens after that? I don't think we need to worry too much. He seems to be enjoying his time anyway. He's banging in goals for us. I think that was his, that's his twelfth now the campaign. Twelfth, yeah. twelfth. So. Um, which so he's already scored, you know, more goals than he has in his entire time at St. Pat's, which was two seasons. Um, he nearly doubled um, what he did in his time in St. Pat's in two seasons. So, um, in what ten games? He didn't even do it in ten games. Nine games. He didn't play the first game. No, he's games. only had. Yeah, he's only played eight games first. So he has more. Yeah, eight games. Yeah. So he has fifty percent more goals in games. There's quick maths for you. Is he half, half, like halfway to Phoenix's like goal record already? What was Phoenix on? See, twenty-four. He's close around that. Like, hang on. Work, work later I'll get it up I'm not about the playoffs now we're not adding that in as well. yeah of course uh, Phoenix 21 goals and 46 okay. appearances apparently lads this fella's hand didn't he? <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. 21 yeah he's proper he's business he means business he's, he is he is he does mean business you know he he's he's the kind of like like obviously without him God knows where we'd be in the league. And that's not a slight to the other players we have in that position. You know, obviously, you know, seems a great character. He obviously scored a hat-trick first game of the season, but I think we can all agree. And I think most people agree, even people, you know, who don't support Waterford. I see a lot of comments about him on Twitter, on Reddit and stuff like that, that people are looking at Ronan Cotland going, what is, like this, this, what's he doing, you know, playing first division? Um, yeah. You know, he's, He's having a great season. We just have to hope he, he keeps it up really, you know, hopefully he stays injury free uh, and, you know, keeps banging in the goals because, you know, those goals are the kind of thing that can help propel you. Again, I know it's still a tall order. Galway, seven points clear. If if we beat them, which would be a, a tough a tough thing to do away from home, if we do, still narrows it down to four and they've an insane goal difference. So, you know, it's already a tall order as it is to try and get back into into the title race because at the moment they're kind of in a one team race but you know if Ronan he's banging them in it's going to make that job a little bit easier yeah well that's as long as kind of Galway slow down their goal difference is astronomical it's not it? uh, stupid I think they can it's... see we looked at this I think they can they've conceded four goals yeah something like that it's which silly. is nuts like yeah stupid stupid it's silly. when they're putting in the performances they're putting in like it like Without sounding bad, you know, you'd ex- we didn't do it, but, you know, a team running away with it like Galway, the nine goals past Kerry isn't that mental. But, you know, to have, who was it? Was it Atlone they played? I wasn't, no, it was Longford, was it? Recently, I can't remember now. Where they put I six goals past someone Six goals recently. past them. Yeah, and then, oh, was it Kerry again, actually, the second time round? Yeah, it was. 
was it? Oh, my head's gone. No, it was, um, it was Bray. They put six past Bray. Bray. That was it, Bray. Yes, six past Bray. They were playing Kerry again, though, recently, weren't they? And yeah, then, they, put, they, put four, they put four, four past, past Bray. Yeah. Four past them, so they're yeah, just banging in goals and they just don't concede. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's dangerous one. Um, it would be a case though that we are really hoping for them to slow down like they tend to do in the end of most seasons. Um, it's just kind of take that foot off the pedal and get you know that kind of little bit closer to ourselves. But I don't know if I can see that happening with the way they're playing. Like this is an unbelievable start. Like I've just looked it up here. They've conceded one goal at home all year, and that was against Kerry, ironically. Um, Kerry, the only team to score against them at home I, all year. I think I read, though, that at this stage, I think there were um, there were more points ahead of us at this stage last year than they are this year. As in, like, obviously, we mm-hmm. lost a lot more. So it's still doable. Like, it's not impossible. Good. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna go thirty or like however many games unbeaten. Like thirty six invincibles. Thirty, yeah, they're not, yeah, they're, they're gonna at least draw a couple. Like. Yeah, you like hope ultimately, so. like we're only ten games in. Ultimately, you know, it's it's not like it's not like there's you know we have six games left to try and claw back seven points. You know, it's, that's it's not that well, we'll situation. We'll be at the, you know, we'll have a third of the season done when we meet them next Friday. Uh, not Friday come, but Friday after. Yeah. And that would be as long as they win the next two, um, you know, their game before that. That's what their thirteenth game. Then I believe it's the record for the most wins in a row in the league. We're in first division. It was Limerick, no, not Treaty, but Limerick a few years ago, um, with twelve. Thirteen would be they would be setting a new record, and that would be then beating us. So hopefully, it is something that we can kind of hold off as well. Um. But it is a case now that we really need to be either holding them to a draw at the bare minimum or or beating them in the uh, you know this match coming up and then the other two after that if we want any sort of way of clawing back against them because we can't really be relying on other teams to be doing them as well. No, exactly. You never want to be relying on other teams to get results for you. So like we're at a situation now where it's clear that we that you know Waterford and Galway are the two best teams in the league. You know by a by a margin. Um. We have to be just beating every other team, and then when it comes against Galway, you know, maybe get try and get a you know at least get a draw away from home, but beating them when they come back to the RC later in the year. Um. So yeah, that's all. That's all we can really do is just we just have to win our games. It's it's always tempting to look at the table in this scenario and think, ah, oh, you know, if Galway slipped up here, we'd be on this many behind them, or if they slipped up there, to be this many. It, you know. We, we can only really focus on ourselves. We can't control Galway's results except for when we play them. So all we have to do is just trying to keep winning games and then just see where we are, see how Galway fare. You know, I've, I've sort of mentioned it to you before. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I've mentioned it to you before. I have a friend of a friend who's a big Galway supporter. And mm-hmm. one of his biggest gripes is that they always start strong and then just completely fall away halfway through the season, start dropping city points all over the shop. So if... If things work out like that again, we could see an opening, you know, in the second half of the season to try and, uh, you know, close that gap back down. Um, but yeah, like like we said, all we can do is just just keep winning our games, and because the only Galway results we can affect are the ones where we played them, so we just have to give it our all. And obviously, the the game next week, you know, in Galway is going to be a 
it's going to be a real window into how doable you know this this potential title can be right lads we'll look we'll wrap things up there and uh, next week's episode is going to be another double header uh like with this one just with the way the games are falling uh really quickly so um, we're going to be talking about the Bray game and then the Wexford game um, next week. Uh, hopefully it won't be out sort of as late as this week's episode is. We'll see. We're, we'll aim again for kind of a Tuesday, Wednesday uh, drop for next week's episode. I know this one's going to be a little bit later and that probably be Wednesday. Not this, we're recording this now on Wednesday, the 26th. It'll probably be tonight or tomorrow morning by the time this actually goes live. Um, but yeah, like I said, that next episode is going to be those two games we're going to talk about that along with any sort of other news that crops up in the meantime. Um, we've been getting a lot of engagement on the Instagram uh, page. Uh, Martin's managing that and putting up polls and, and things like that, asking your opinions. And we're getting lots of people uh, coming back on it. So if you're one of those that already follow us, you know, definitely engage when that kind of stuff goes up in the story. If you don't follow us on Instagram, it's up the blues pod. You can also find us on Twitter at the same handle. Uh, and on Facebook as well. If you're part of the Facebook group, I'm going to put all the links uh, when I put the episode in uh, once it goes live. Uh, but for now, lads, we will see what happens in the next two games. And next time around, we're going to be looking ahead to the Galway game. So we'll have to reassess things from there. Uh, but look, in the meantime, up the blues. Yeah.